0: Hello and welcome to Hearth Talk, a production of Hearth.com. This is Craig Issod. In today's episode, I'll talk about how selling a TARM wood and oil multi fuel boiler almost landed me in federal prison. I hope you enjoy it. In 1989, our company bought the importing rights to HS TARM. Uh, quality multi-fuel boiler made in Denmark. We ran the company uh, out of Medford, New Jersey until we sold it in 1994. Uh, at one time during the period we owned TARM, I received a telephone call uh, from a gentleman who claimed to represent the city of Baltimore and sure enough when I returned his call it was the offices of the city of Baltimore. He claimed that he was interested in buying one of our multi-fuel boilers, in fact, the largest unit that we sold. It was called the Tarm 504, and it was an oil and wood and coal hot water boiler. Very, very heavy duty, weighed close to 2,000 pounds, approximately one ton. He claimed that the city was purchasing this boiler uh, for use in a juvenile halfway house of types. Uh, In other words, the idea would be that, uh, I guess, wayward youth would be uh, cutting and splitting and fueling wood to help heat the house that they were staying in, and uh, therefore learning a little bit about hard work and independence, and of of course this made sense. So the gentleman called me three or four times about the boiler, and finally he asked, do you accept a City of, of Baltimore purchase order? and we were typically not dealing with any government agencies but the city of baltimore sure sounded like a good enough bet so i said yeah we you know we could definitely accept the purchase order and he, he assured me we would be paid uh, in a timely fashion uh, after the boiler was delivered so uh, he he did place a purchase order i received it from the city of baltimore soon afterwards he called to arrange delivery to the building site where this halfway house was being constructed. I personally loaded the boiler onto our a flatbed diesel stake body. This truck had sort of an uh, arrangement like a coffin truck where it had a large I-beam, a frame built above it, and an I-beam with a chain hoist on it that we could stick out the rear of the truck perhaps five feet or so. This allowed us to, to deliver these heavy objects. So I drove down to Baltimore and I actually met the gentleman at a exit from the Interstate 95 and followed him uh, through some curving roads until we got to this uh, building site, which was seemingly out in the middle of nowhere, even though it was in the county of Baltimore. Baltimore does turn rural pretty quickly as you head out to the western side of it. And so we arrive at this, uh, at what looked like a sprawling ranch house type of construction and with nothing around it except for construction materials and piles of dirt and the house was uh, I I would say 80% finished or so. So the gentleman and myself arrived there, nobody else was there and I had to deliver the boiler into the basement. This was something that we were quite used to doing, even though uh, the boiler sounds heavy, 2,000 uh, pounds. We had the right equipment and, more importantly, the the right knowledge and safety measures uh, to get this where it needed to go. So w- when I got to the job, I noticed that the only way to get to the basement was to go into the garage, through a good bit of the garage, And then down a set of concrete stairs that was in the other side of the garage into the basement. And the gentleman had wanted this moved across to the other side of the basement, which had to be 100 feet or more after we went down the steps. So uh, I backed the truck up, slowly uh, took the boiler down to the garage level, rolled it using, we used iron pipes and things like that, metal plates and iron pipes uh, to roll the boiler so that it would head down the the concrete stairway, and what we would typically do would be find somewhere uh, that we could uh, attach chains back to. For instance, I think I rigged up something to the uh, to, to either the roof trusses or ceiling joists or something in the uh, in the garage, so that now we had control of holding the boiler back from going down the stairs too quickly. I set up my boards and sheet metal plates and such things and and slowly but surely lowered that boiler uh, down the steps into the basement, rolled it across the basement, uh, and then removed the steel rods from under it, put it into position where the gentleman wanted it. And that was the end of that. I went home and... um, Figured I'd I'd at least get the check, uh, which I think was around five thousand dollars at least at the at the wholesale level or at the level I was providing the uh, the city of Baltimore. Well, the next thing I knew, I got a call from the gentleman and he asked me, "Craig, did you get the check for the boiler?" I said, "No, I hadn't received it." He said, "Listen, if you get the check for the boiler, rip it up. I'm going to come up there tomorrow and I'm going to pay you for the boiler." Well, I sort of really didn't know what he was talking about, but he, he seemed very adamant. Uh, I, I hadn't received the check. And sure enough, the next morning he showed up at my store and handed me uh, a check for the uh, the invoice of the boiler. And that was the last I heard of it. Now, of course, at this point, I'm thinking something fishy's up. I don't know what it is. Don't know if I'll ever find out and, and sort of don't care. Well, next thing you know... Few months go by, and I'm sitting in the in my office in the back of the store, and I decided to take a walk outside for a breath of fresh air. And as I'm walking out the door of the store, a white car with black wall tires, um, and I think either Maryland or Washington D.C. plates, with four people in it, pull up in front of my shop, and out get three gentlemen, leaving one in the car uh, with black suits on walk in the front door of the store and say, are you Craig Issad?" just as I'm walking out? And I said, yes. And they said, come with us into the back, very seriously. Like, there wasn't a choice uh, as to whether uh, I wanted to talk to them. They identified, the one gentleman identified himself immediately as FBI. So, as you can imagine, uh, I was a little bit freaked. So we go back into my office Turns out that uh, one gentleman was FBI. One gentleman was, I think, Baltimore City Police. The other one I forget, but he was in law enforcement of some kind. He may have been may have been the district attorney or something of that nature. And the first thing is, they start talking to me about the delivery of this particular boiler asking me questions very pointed questions and very serious questions of the type uh, that they definitely assume that I was implicated in in some sort of a scam then out of a briefcase they pull a contact sheet with hundreds of pictures pictures of me delivering the boiler Uh, Pictures of of every little aspect, me standing by the back of the truck with the the gentleman that I delivered the boiler to, uh, me lowering it. And they pointed to each one of these pictures. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing there? Uh, Asking me specifically about them. Now, being as this was a remote building site, I just could not imagine how they could have taken these pictures. The only thing I can imagine, there was a large pile of dirt. Uh, that somehow they were inside this pile of dirt, or else they were a quarter mile away with a uh, amazing telephoto lens. But uh, it was I, I was definitely a little bit scared that they had uh, uh, what appeared to be all the goods on me. Next thing you know, they they pull out phone records, and they had all the times and dates of the. Telephone calls, both from the city of Baltimore office to me and from me to the city of Baltimore, and they demanded to know exactly what I had spoke about for that one minute and forty-five seconds on this date, for that three and a half minutes on this date, etc., etc. And this went on for probably close to two hours of this type of a, of a grilling. As the hours went by, they did start loosening up a little bit from from the beginning where they seemed ready to slap the handcuffs on me to a little further along where where maybe they they got the idea that uh, perhaps I wasn't implicated in this situation and uh, after about two hours, they started telling me that apparently this gentleman who was a an employee a pretty high ranking employee in the city of Baltimore had been using city purchase orders to buy tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of products for his own house that he was building. And of course he was using city purchase orders and he was making use of his office and, and staff. Uh, the fellow that they left out in the car was one of the other people who were in the office with with him, who I also don't think was part of the plot, but they went out to the car to confirm with him what I had said about the phone calls and, and what we talked about and things. And, and by the end of, of perhaps two, two and a half hours, uh, they had come to the conclusion that I was not uh, implicated in this uh, criminal activity. At that point, they actually started wondering out loud how the heck I the the police guy especially, the Baltimore police uh, officer, was like, how did you get that 2,000-pound boiler in that house? They said, we tried to repossess it. We tried to to take it. They said, we couldn't budget all these policemen. And, you know, they had a tow truck operator there and everything. And uh, they couldn't figure out how to move it. And I told them, uh, you know, slowly but surely, like they sort of like they built the pyramids, just uh You know, rolling it inch by inch, I got it down there. And that turned out by the end, uh, we were a little bit friendly and they ended up taking me out to lunch to a place called Braddock's Tavern, which is a, a nice eatery in the town of Medford. They told me if they ever needed any of my testimony that they would get back to me. A number of months later, I, I did notice a major front page story in the Baltimore Sun about this uh, gentleman who I, I think or hope went to jail over this, um, using, uh, city money to, to furnish his house. As a little aside to it, immediately after these gentlemen left, uh, within a couple hours, I actually came down with a bad flu and was in bed for a week and, uh, it truly made me believe in in what they call the mind body connection, because I was seriously fearing for my freedom. It was it was definitely habeas corpus time, and uh, I thought they were going to take me away with them. So I was I was quite frightened, and obviously, uh, it broke down whatever uh, immune system or defenses my body had, and I got very very sick and was laid up in bed for a week. So, anyway, that's the story of of how selling a tarm multi fuel boiler. Uh, got me involved with the G-Men. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks.